Hey guys, just to let you know that this week is loaded. We will talk about suicidal thoughts, sexual assault, as well as abusive relationship. So if you need to know when it happened, so you can skip ahead, we will put a note in the show notes. Now enjoy the show. Bye. This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorian United. United. And today we have a special guest. Woo! Our fur guest. Our fur guest. Our fur guest. Our fur guest. <laughs> our first guest. So it's Jasper. Hi. I'm not furry. <laughs> okay, good. It has been confirmed. Jasper is, they are not furry. Great. So for people who uh, are wondering, we are video chatting with Jasper. So their sound might be a bit off. What is your handle on Tumblr if people can't recall you by your name? Mine, it's Goddess Julia Wicker. Good. <laughs> When I, I guess it was about two years ago, um, I had top surgery. And I, I, so pretty much I, after surgery, the recovery was like a month where I couldn't do, really do anything. I couldn't work. I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't like, I don't know, raise my arms above my head pretty much. It's like major surgery. You need to rest and shit. And like, I don't know how to do that. I don't like, I'm the kind of person who every second of every day is like filled with something. And I'm very like independent. At the time I was, I had roommates, but I was like essentially living by myself in the sense that like I was cooking for myself. I was like, do, you know, I was doing all of the things for me. Um, and so it was really, really hard to like allow other people to do things for me. Um, and also to not have the ability to do things for myself. And I remember, like, I remember this specific moment Kat was, um, was with me, you know, to help me in my recuperation and whatever. I'm like, I was trying to move the bed and she was like, stop. Like, that's why I'm here. So you don't have to be doing things like moving furniture. Daddy is doing something. <laughs> um, So yeah, like I guess for me, that was definitely a time where I felt like really powerless. Like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't not be able to do things for myself and not having that autonomy, uh, you know, was definitely something that made me feel like I didn't have any power or control over things. And um, that brings up an interesting thing, which was when I was thinking about the theme of power this week, I was like, why was everything I thought about times when I was powerless? Or like when I think of power, I think about being powerless. I don't think about having power. I was thinking the same thing, trying to think of like on the theme of power. And I realized most of my life has been spent being powerless and now learning how to have my own power and like you said, my own autonomy and all of that. Yeah, exactly. And even like when I was thinking, t taking notes, I was writing like times where Hugh was feeling powerless, mm -hmm. but none when other per per personas or per characters are, yeah. uh, were feeling powerful. My gosh, it's like we were all socialized female. <laughs> <laughs> so yet another example as the pa patriarchy failed us. But before we go further, let's just do our 30 second recap. Ready, set, go. So Quentin is, is uh, stuck in his head by a spell made by Julia, who makes him believe that he's in a mental hospital and everything that he's experienced in the past two episodes are not real. And uh, like uh, Elliot is just another mental health patient and Penny as a... Uh, Indian boy with a racist accent and uh, in fact uh, Julia was putting a prank on Quentin but Marina in fact used a super powerful spell against Quentin to enter it into break bills together. Mm. Oh, that was not bad. Okay, I thought when you said super powerful I thought you said to use your superpowers. I was like, wow, this took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. Her superpowers of manipulation and being really foxy. Yeah. Okay. So, ready? Okay. <clears throat> Go. Okay, so, uh, Quentin's in the mental hospital. Oh, no, Quentin. Uh, the fillery books are there, too, but then they get ripped up by some guy with the money. Uh, and then, um, other people are there, and it's a little gay, and they dance to Taylor Swift, and, um, and Julia is a meanie bobini, and Marina's an even meanier bobini, or meanie bobini, and then the words are down, and then they're up, and there's a scorpion in Quentin's mouth, and then they play chess. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Honestly, if someone will just listen to their, your review, they will have no fucking idea what happened. <laughs> I mean, does anyone know what happened in this episode? 
Yeah, I think I did a good job. Vote for me. All right, I'll call you. So I, I don't, there was so much, and thank you to who? Who was it that recommended this theme? One of our. Oh, I forgot. It's on Tumblr. A human on Tumblr. Thank you, human on Tumblr. Human, I don't go on Tumblr, so it's Cat's fault. I'm gonna sh- give you a shout out on the note. Yes, but someone recommended the theme of power for this episode, and like. It was one of those things that all of a sudden, when I watched the episode, I was like, this is every, like, it was everywhere. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I didn't think about it until you guys mentioned the theme, and then I'm like, oh. there's all about, like, the loss of power, the struggle for power. There's, like, so much in here. Yeah, I'd like to start with something that I noticed, like, from the beginning, which is that the spell, which Q is under the whole time, is designed to make him feel powerless. Mm-hmm. And the moment he's gonna, he's just getting power over it, there's a defense mechanism that put him down. I'm gonna give you an example. Um, the moment uh, he, he, feel, he feels better, Julia arrives. The moment he notices something, fogs arrive. The moment the book can help me, they destroy the book. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. The, the spell is designed to make feel something powerless. Actually, one of the things that I was I was taking note of, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, like with destroying the book, the moment he's he realizes the book has the answers, that's gone. Um, and his inability to do magic at all. Yeah, that was like definitely. I feel like the first moment where it felt really tangible for me. Actually, that's not true. The first moment I thought about this is when he wakes up, and I thought about like when you're in those situations where you wake up and for a second you don't know where you are, and you're like, ah, oh god, yeah, you know, and like, yeah, how I feel like that is a really powerless feeling too when you're like confused or you like don't know what's going on, even in like a split second like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like there's a lot of connection with like the like memories, like both in with. Queen with the whole like you know thing where they're being like what are you talking about this is what's really happening um and also with marina's memories later on yeah i have a question about that why does quentin is able to do one spell he's able to do the firework that julia see and it's the only spell we can see it i think it's because like maybe because like julia is there so it's a further manipulation like you can do this. You and I both know you can do this, but who's going to believe you? Oh, that's why she glitched. Yeah. Mm. Because it's not just like not understanding your own reality, but like to know something and to know something's true. And for someone to be like, but who's going to believe you? You. And this just makes me so sad thinking of the Me Too movement. And I want to shout out all the women, women and men. We believe in, we believe you. Alice and Elliot are on the same power level as Quentin. But Penny isn't. You said that he's in a situation of power? Yeah, uh, Penny's in a position of power over Quentin, unlike... Alice and Elliot. But do you think that this is and why you put it, this is why you put it, Penny with this like thick racist accent to diminish his yeah. like power over like him? Because like the- okay, but he's just a silly immigrant. It was bothering me. Why does Penny oh, have an right. accent? And I think this is why this is a way for Quentin to say like okay, he's well, powerful, but not that much. I, like it's Penny. I think it's really interesting that you saw that as like Penny has more power than them. I saw it as Penny is in a position of servitude as a person of color. <gasps> That's how I saw wow. that. Yeah, when I watched that. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, no, I see that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't like, like it's interesting. Like I almost feel like, like, it, even, like both of those things are valid. But yeah, like even in a position of power, he's still not in power. Yeah, yeah. Almost okay. Uh, uh, I like, and also, like, the, like Penny's position in the hospital doesn't make sense because like he's gonna look at if Pen- is, if Q took his meds. But also he's like cleaning. But also he's a janitor. <laughs> yeah, that's not how hospitals work. Like Chew's, Chew's brain would know this. <laughs> Look, they're underfunded. <laughs> the hospital, the show, or both? Um, all of it. They, the, the show spent all of their money at H and M and on Taylor Swift. So oh my God, that's have a budget. Okay, accurate. but like shout out to for them to have the rights to like have Q do a shimmy on that. <laughs> 
and the U.S. healthcare system is so bad that the nurses are now janitors. It's, it's I mean, very complex. I would believe that. Yep. I so, mean, yeah. I also like, in a small way, when he, um, when Q is like singing the song to get it stuck in Penny's head, I also thought about how having a song stuck in your head is a moment of powerlessness. You're just like, go away, and you can't do anything about it. Oh my god. <laughs> But it's also, like, a really a, a good act of power that Quentin does. Yeah, he, like, takes autonomy over the situation, for sure. It is. But again, like, like Cass pointed out, every single time he tried to get power over the situation and tried to take control, something else happened and pushed him back down. And this time, it, like, the reaction to that is his, his dad. Yeah. Which yeah. he said, like, oh, yeah, you tried to kill me, and I'm going to show you you look like the beast. And, uh, oh, man. Uh, so, like, one of the things... They're all just too good at acting. It's like they're actors or something, but they hurt my feelings. Um, like this moment, this moment when Quentin breaks down, like in the lobotomy moment, and the moment that is coming in the future where Elliot breaks down after Mike yeah. are like my two moments where I'm like, stop it with the f- no, no, no. You shouldn't be able to just oh, access that. But the moment where with his the, voice is cracking from fear and yeah. it sounds like a child it almost. Hurts. Yeah, and but like you said, that daddy. That's what I was about to. That's what I was getting at. Is that yeah. in those moments where we're so desperate and powerless, where we just like call for our parents, even though, and I mean, I guess that would depend, right, on everyone's relationship with their parent. But in general, I like, you call for someone who makes you safe. Yeah, oh, I like that you call for someone. Do but, you think that's why Elliot and Alice are there? Like why he imagined them there and not other. Because Margot and Katie are not there. Yeah, because he has a connection and with them. Also, Ellie and Alice were both like hypersexualized in Quentin's mind. Yeah, yeah, horny Quentin. Because he wants to bone both of them. Yeah, yeah. I actually, it literally <laughs> took me until this moment to realize that like this is Quentin's brain. So all of that shit that's happening yeah. with Elliot is just one horny bisexual. Since you know a bit more Julia and you, you like explore her more, um, why did she put that she was fiancé with James? Is it a power move for herself to say like, no, everything's okay with James? Or is it for Quentin? I, I think it was a power move in that like in the last episode, Quentin has what Julia can't have. He's got the magic. He's going to break bills. He's got all that. And so Julia being engaged to, um, what's his fuck? James. James. <laughs> Jesus. He goes away. We forget about him. <laughs> Julie being engaged to James, it's kind of like, look at everything I have. I have a life. I have a fiance, and you're in here. You look at what I've got. Yeah. You can't have any of this, and you were always jealous of me and James anyway. Like, that's another power play okay. from, like, their argument where Quentin talking about how he had a crush on Julie and everything. It's like, and I'm with James and not you. Yeah. I like that. Also, you know you done fucked up when Penny is taking Quentin's side. When Penny's like, why would you do that to Julia? I'm you like, have, <laughs> the part that broke, that like, killed me was when Penny's like, you have any idea where he is? Because yeah. Penny's been in Quentin's mind. Penny knows this is something Quentin's afraid of anyway. He knows Julia sent him to the one place he's terrified of and cut him off from the one thing that gave him meaning, that gave him they, what he felt like was a I just, like, I can think of the person, right, that I am maddest at in the whole world, and I cannot imagine doing that to them. That's that's what's one of my questions. Why did Julia did that to Quentin? I think Marina manipulated her into doing it, for sure. But I don't know. I think... Because it's slow. Julia also has a temper, and she... We've seen Julia's plans are all Julia on three, and she doesn't know how to count, so Mm. she's just going. And Julia's the type of person who, when she's doing something, She might realize halfway through, oh, I'm wrong. My opinion in this argument is incorrect, but God damn it, I've come this far. I'm going to keep going. I can't back down now. I'm going to go even further. She must be a member of my family. (laughs) Is she Italian? (laughs) Is she Italian? Is Julia Italian? Do we have any record of if Julia is Italian? Seth is asking 
asking the real question. Please Julia tweet at us. Does anyone know? It's that's Julia. Gonna be, that's going to be the pool of the week. <laughs> okay, but have you ever have you ever been in an argument and you're halfway through this argument and you're like, oh no, the person I'm arguing with is right. But I can't say that now because I'm mad. The internet can't see me raising my hand, but I'm raising my yeah. hand. It's me. But, uh, but, uh, it, it makes sense that like I cannot understand why she would take that that one fear. Like as a person that's been where Q has been, I am terrified of going back there. I don't want to be in that state. And for Julia to use that against his best yeah, friend, it's, it's like really it's it's more than shitty. It's so it's, low. Wait, it's so shitty. Question for it is not people who have read the oh. book. Have you read the books? Yes. Okay, so book people. Did this happen in the book? No. No. Oh, because usually when shitty stuff happens, I'm just like, well, they're really teenagers. Because in the book, they're younger. Because, like, this is teenager behavior. This is not adult behavior. So there's no excuse. I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like this is a, another study in power why Julia did this. It's, it's impulse. I want to hurt him bad because I'm hurt. Mm. I, I'm just saying it's not, like, justifiable. It's not excusable it's just like reasoning so this yes. al this also reminded me of just like i was thinking of like situations in which we're powerless and i felt like a lot of those situations are like like i was thinking about right obviously in this episode and being hospitalized or like i was thinking about being folks who are incarcerated or like even being in school like situations where it's like there's a strict this is what's happening when and there are rules and you know what i mean like a really strict structure yeah. obviously in some of those cases it's yeah. stricter than others it also like made really made me think about that what was it at stanford that experiment do you know what i'm talking about what school was oh, the that? Prison experiment? yes yeah. where some of the, the stanford prison experiment. thank you it was stanford okay i know things i went to college or something um i did i read an article on the internet i saw once. a movie <laughs> there are three i feel like this is very indicative <laughs> of who we are yes um, but yeah, where, I don't know, for folks who may not be familiar with it, um, I guess it was, was it college or grad? I don't know. It was college, at least. Um, and they separated them. Some, half of them were, like, prison guards and half of them were prisoners. And it went, like... It went so far yeah. that, like, uh, basically it was a, 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 the, the policemen went too far and they had to stop the experiment and someone would have died. Yeah, um, we're gonna like link a, got, yeah. we're gonna an article in yeah, the show but notes. they got like so like power like the the, the like power hungry like so I don't know it also just made me think about in that moment where Julia and Marina come out of the spell and Marina's like that you didn't know how good that was gonna feel did you you know what I mean like Julia yeah. like soaking in that like power in that moment. But I think it says a lot about Julia as a person that she did this shitty thing and did not feel good. Yeah. Because yeah. as soon as Marina's like, oh no, he's there forever. She's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, yeah, oh no. Yeah, it, it was like that first time or maybe we can imagine the second time or whatever. She was like, ooh, about it. And then after that, she was like... All right, fine. I'm being a dick. Uh, and also, I think this is pointing out to uh, something that Marina does a lot, which is to keep control, to keep in power. She keep knowledge to, from people, and I think that's one theme of the show, from like season one to season three, and season the ending of season three is that is knowledge who, is power. Who has the knowledge and who controls it? Because even like she said, like when she gets back her memory, Marina says, "Oh, I'm gonna share some of my knowledge with some." Some of you. Some of you. And like she doesn't tell Julia that Q can be trapped in in in, in his head until the spell is done. She doesn't tell her like why they are in break bills until they're there, and like she doesn't have any choice to follow. So I think that yeah, Marina uses a lot of knowledge for her to keep power. Because Julia even asked, and uh, Marina's response was maybe later, maybe never. As far as like telling Julia what's going on, yeah, uh -huh. maybe I'll never tell you. And I think a lot of it is we talk a lot about loss of control, and I feel like Marina feels that a lot. Yeah, and that's part of why she holds on to what control she's got, with mm -hmm. the knowledge she has, and the power she has over people, is because she feels like she was stripped of her power, of her abilities yeah. because of breakdowns. I want to give a shout out to Katie who is super powerless in this situation that, like, she has to tell Marina that Penny knows about Q, 
But the moment she arrived at Breakville, she's like, hey, I know who it is. And she's going to go get Julia to tell her, like, hey, you killed Q. Good job, girl. Yeah, she's like, I'm not playing so, this fucking game No, anymore. exactly. Like, she's powerless, but in her powerlessness, she managed to find power back in small ways. Yeah, yeah totally. she, she finds little ways to go around what she's been forced. And she's never had power ever in her entire mm -hmm. life. So she doesn't even know what it really feels like to have power. And that's something like I can relate to with Katie. Is she's trying to find small ways to get power because she's mm -hmm. never had it before. And her attitude, her badass attitude is like a, a frame, you think? Like a wall. You know? It's a defense. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. So but it's like if I look like I've got it under control and like I have power and like I'm in charge, maybe people will believe that. Something mm. that I've been hearing a lot, like in all of us, and that was coming up for me as well, is like the tie between power and control. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of a lot of times like I was going to write something and I was like this is about control this isn't about power but then like they're so intertwined I don't know like what is the difference I was wondering that too like for me powerlessness I see that as a lose of control but mm. I don't know if it's for everyone but what if you never had control to begin you know what I mean like I feel like power and control do go hand in hand yeah. like um, the, the three types of, of power 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 of self power of others and power of circumstances mm. Katie does the latter yeah you know what I mean yeah And power over herself, that's Penny shoving Q against the wall. And he's like, hey, I feel that. Shove me again. I, I feel like a power over self is a very interesting thing that's actually brought up here because I know in talking to people about circumstances I've been in, they're like, but you always have the power over you and the power to change your no. circumstances. Honestly, Julia and Quentin's power over each other. Mm -hmm. Because it looks the whole time like Julia's got all this power over Quentin. But I think in a way, Quentin has a lot of power over over Julia that she doesn't even realize. Like that she's this bothered by what he did that she's seeking yeah. this giant revenge because he yeah. he was better than her at something and she can't get over it. And also the betrayal yeah. and of that's him a that's not, a type of power. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Where like someone wronged you yeah. and you can't stop thinking about it. You know, it made me think of something. I, I, I've been asking myself, why does Penny help Q? Because in our end, like, Penny has power over Quentin. But Quentin has power over Penny for calling him out. Like, he know how to get Penny. Yeah. He know how to bring him in and say, I'm fucked up, come here. So I do think <laughs> that power over self, it's that too, is knowing your power over others. Over like, oh, okay, I, I, like, I know that I cannot communicate to Penny, so I'm gonna sing Taylor Swift, because you hate that song, and it's gonna come and scream at me, but at least, like, I'm gonna be proved right. I can't save myself, but I can annoy you until you rescue me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, something else that actually I thought about, and you brought up a little bit when you were talking about the Me Too movement, was like... I just thought about this in that moment where Alice just, like, forces herself on cue and just, like, kisses him. And it was just making me, you know, think about, like, sexual assault and that kind of stuff. And, like, obviously that's a big experience of powerlessness. Um, but, yeah, and also, like, yeah. tied with that, also, like, when he, like, in the real world, how he's, like, passed out and he's asleep and how, like, being asleep is also a time where, like, that's really vulnerable. And they force something in his mouth. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, I, I know, like, personally, for me, like, I've been sexually assaulted multiple times, like, while I was asleep. Holy so, shit. So, like, that for me, like, being asleep feels like a very vulnerable thing, and also, like, I don't, like, I know it's like, haha, it's so funny, she just, like, kisses him, and it's in his brain, whatever, and there's, no, like, layers like to that, but, like, and also, how, like, that kind of thing is, like, a joke on a show. Not just in this I show. Feel like it, I feel like it was played as a joke, but at the same time, it's like, this is Quentin's head, and they're hyper-sexualized, but exactly. it's still, he's still powerless, even though it's like something he, he thinks maybe he wants. It's coming on too strong and taking, oh. again, that power away. Yeah. I like that. That's like... His, like, sexual needs are, are scaring him in a sort. Because, like, even... I'm not running away from if, a sexual if, experience. Even... Even Elliot, like, comes to him and, like, where's my pill? I'm gonna give you some uh, some pleasure if you give me my pill. Like, it's sexual assault, too. Oh. I think that is, it shows that this episode is written pre-movement Me Too. I don't think this would pass in a Me Too world now. I think it still does because, like, the way we're examining it, I feel like Quentin's response to it is clearly negative. Yeah. 
because I, I use a lot of humor to deal with, like, my assault and everything. So it's like seeing it almost played this way is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. But I, 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 and I think, I think, like, maybe this is the way Quentin deal with it. Is like he has like feelings for Elliot and Alice, and he's being attacked by them because he doesn't know how to handle them. It took me someone to make me realize that someone has so much power over me that mm. I didn't realize I was assaulted. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. something that happened to Quentin. Like he's being told, "No, you're not, you're crazy. No, you're crazy," and he started believing it until he he stopped fighting. Yeah, and it takes Penny to say like, "Hey, wake up." Like, no, no, it's not okay what you're living in. And I think that's what can a- 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 arrive in abusive household or abusive um, relation is like people, not, I don't want to say give up because it's not giving up, but yeah. lose their power over the other. So, okay, yeah. so I'm still thinking about the way that Penny reacted, like the strong way that he felt like the need to help Quentin. And I wonder if there's, like, it makes me feel like something like this happened to him in his past. And we know Penny grew up in foster care. Yeah. We do. That's a, that's a canon. Uh, I think it's canon. If it's not canon, I made it up, and it's it's canon now. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he grew up in foster care, so he's been in, in situations where he's been completely powerless to the, to the state, to whoever's, like, his foster parents at the time. And I'm sure that he has seen a lot of situations similar to Quentin's. Mm. Yeah. Where people have been trapped somewhere or betrayed. And I think that's part of why. Do you think it's also because, like, you know what it is to have a busy head? Because, like, basically, he's, uh, he's uh, like, he, he, he is with the beast in his head all the time. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's kind of, like, constantly got this thing going on in his head where it's always busy and loud and crazy and i'm sure that was a lot harder to deal with as a kid too Yeah. And also, like, Hi. right, like, he, you know, has been intercepting thoughts for so long also that, like, I can imagine that, like, he's sort of, like, even if he didn't experience certain things, he's sort of, like, empathetically felt those things through other people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Mm. Since, since uh, Penny's so used to, like, hear people, like, think and have boring song in their head, why does he freak out when it's Quentin's? Like, I think I, I wrote about this once in, in some fic. I have no idea which one. <laughs> um, this isn't necessarily canon, but I feel like most people have got, like, kind of natural wards to protect themselves and protect their minds. And, of course, at Break Bills, everyone has got wards up to protect their mind. We mm-hmm. saw that with uh, Katie, especially. Mm-hmm. But Quentin has nothing. <laughs> and can you imagine being in Quentin's head? No, thank you. Well, I mean, that's what this whole like, episode was. Enough. And I don't want to go back. Well, it's my life. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Like, I have enough trouble dealing with my own anxiety and my own fear. I don't need to be, like, trying to calm myself down and have this dude over here going, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. I should eat a sandwich later. <laughs> oh, God, but what kind of sandwich? Uh, oh, no, now I'm panicking about sandwiches. Like, yeah. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> That's my new life motto. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. I should eat a sandwich later. I had a question for both of you that mm-hmm. doesn't maybe have any like link with power, but YOLO. Um, <laughs> do, do the kids still say that? Are the kids? Still I, I started to say that ironically, and now I cannot stop. And no, no, now she says it unironically, and she just like owns it. I do that all the time. Yeah, help. Um, <laughs> but like, we know that Julia created the mental health facility, and why Quentin uh-huh. is there, and everything. And then the name mm-hmm. the Beast appeared. We learned that Quentin's there because he thought his dad was the Beast. One, how did she knows? know about the beast and second what kind of connection can we make about is that and the beast mm, i mean did, well i like, feel like it's not oh 
Oh, no, I, I think that we were on the same page. Well, like, I don't necessarily feel like Julia planned all of the details of it. I think that it's more like you're sort of, maybe you have some control over how the spell works, but, like, the brain sort of takes over because it's Quentin's brain, right, that we're in, and it's just, mm-hmm. like, he's filling in all the blanks. So I think that that was his brain and not necessarily Julia planning out every detail of that. I think Julia planned it to feed on his fears, yeah. whatever they may be, whether they're the, the mental institution, the, the sexual Sexual encounter. <laughs> I'm afraid of sexual encounters. I feel you, Quentin. Yeah, and, and now it's the beast, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. So it's not like she didn't create it. The whole thing is more like the, the skeleton. Well, of it. and I also wonder if, yeah. like, I think that, I mean, arguably, but, like, I feel like Quinn has a really close relationship with his father, and I feel like he's probably one of the people that he loves the most. And it's so it's like taking the thing, the person that he loves the most, and the thing that he's most afraid of, um. and, like, making the thing that he loves the most the thing he's most afraid of. Oh my god, like, if you guys were the beast. Oh. <laughs> Weird. Cute. Also, for me, that's one of the most heartbreaking part of the show is when Quentin, mm. uh, look at himself saying, like, no, give me back my power. And he, the beast, like, he's, he's in a, like... Oh, when we're watching the video of him. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's in a, like, a crisis. And oh. he see himself like that, and you can feel him giving up. Yeah. Saying like, yeah, okay, they are, right? And he's, honest, like, he's dissociating. Yeah, but like, I, I've been there. I apparently attacked a, a, a security guard at an hospital, and I don't remember. I've seen you play a Death Eater in D&D, <laughs> so I believe that. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, uh, when your fear takes over, and, um... <laughs> but your mental health... You, you to do things. Yeah, and when your mental health takes power over you it's freaking scary also one on my one of my very yeah, er, one of my very early notes in all caps is this is not how you doctor yes oh no these are very bad doctors <laughs> quentin you're wrong you're 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 crazy quentin you are not seeing that quentin no like that's not like, how you do it to be fair this is no. like a spell in his brain and not like actual right we're not expecting this to be accurate representation but i'm just like this is this is not how that any of this works. I'm like calling up my therapist like, hey Pam, if I started hallucinating a man with like moths for face, would you yell at me? <laughs> I hope not. Well, I, and I like, honestly, I think that's the first time the spell tried to remove power from him. Give him power to this disillusion, make him become more powerless in the spell. Oh, like the illusions were having the power over him. Yeah, exactly. So like, by then, yeah. no, Quentin, it's not true. He starts to doubt himself, so the spell works more. So something that I was also thinking about this, and it's sort of like within this whole like matrixy vibe that's happening in this episode where like Quentin is like no this is true in the beginning and then after a while he's like but is it you know he starts to doubt mm-hmm. this made me think a lot about so like I I have two disorders that that mess with my memory one of which is narcolepsy and so like along the same lines like it's one of the symptoms that some people with narcolepsy experience is there are times where to this day I don't know if certain things were dreams or if they were real <laughs> okay, thank you Jasper is flailing also, yes. Um, the same person? Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> and so, and there will be times where, you know, even between Kat and I, where, like, well, I'll be like, no, this thing happened. And Kat's like, it didn't happen. And sometimes it did, and sometimes it didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's something that, like, I, I sort of felt that in that moment of, like... Like, when you're like, no, I'm sure this happened, and someone else is like, it didn't. Like, in that moment of powerlessness, I, like, I was thinking of how powerless you feel when, like, you're not sure if you can trust your own memories. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that also with Marina. Like, full circle to Marina and the memories and, you know, how taking of memories or, like, not being able to remember things is such a... Same way with, like, my traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. is I don't remember things that happened or the specific way that they happened. So my brain will fill in the gaps uh-huh. between what I do and don't remember. So not being able to trust your own mind and your own reality does give you, like, this sense of powerlessness because you're relying on the people around you. And when everyone around you is going, no, you're crazy that didn't happen you're like well i guess i'm just fucking crazy yeah which is not a good if we compare uh, marina marina memory loss to julia's um from their experience of break bills i think marina is more traumatic 
because it's it's not just like oh your memory got fuzzy is you are removed limbs like moments in your brain that are fuzzy like any relationship she forged there any like little you yeah. know important like that's cool that's where you grow up you know that's where you, you learn kind of hear her her voice cracking yeah she was talking about mm-hmm. it every memory you've ever made here yeah exactly and i think that's part of why she built that like top bitch wall is because like she doesn't really know who she is and and she become more empathetic to julia later she might not even know like why she got kicked out of breakville that's legit she wouldn't right she probably wouldn't know I want to know. Sarah, I want to know. Sarah, you listening? (laughs) Since you're listening to this, I want to know. There's a time loop. There are opportunities. Tell us. Um, Casey, Casey, call me. Yeah. um, So that also brings up an interesting point, though, with the power dynamic, right? I'm thinking about Dean Fogg, um, who, again, I will say in every episode, why do we let this man be around children? (laughs) He should not be in any kind of education or administrative position. Yeah. Excuse me. Where is Break Bill's HR? I would like a conversation. Probably probably with the Break Bill's therapists in non-existing land. (laughs) Hanging out with with the therapist of Hogwarts. Yeah. Also, help these kids. These magical schools need. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm thinking about right, like the the power dynamic of Dean Fogg and like being the person who, you know, is keeping these memories. Um, and also, like, it really made me think about at the end when when uh, Quentin is in Fogg's office and he's like, you should have told me that, you know, Julia wasn't, you know, fully erased or whatever. And it just made me think about, like, when should we trust authority figures or people in, in power and, like, when shouldn't we? And that, like, power dichotomy of, like, you know, I'm th- I was thinking a lot about, like, the current sort of feelings around, like, police and, like, you know, and just the, all those sorts of things. And, like, when do we, like, I was always, like, a very goody two-shoes, like, you follow the rules and you do, and, like, as an adult, that was something that was very hard for me. That was, like, the people in power are not, you know, when you're a kid, they're, everyone's, like, adults are your friends, and unless you don't know them, then they're gonna murder you. I'm not really a minority, but, like, I, I never was scared of policemen mm-hmm. until I, I, I traveled to America and I saw policemen will rifle gun on them and like we were in Times Square oh yeah and there was like five policemen oh. with those ra- and honestly it was like hanging out with like assault or well, yeah, and I was like okay like outside of Comic Con with their riot gear exactly and I was like okay how this showing of power should really make me feel safe I just feel that if someone goes postal this guy's gonna kill me your own memory mm-hmm. like when he's trying to remember what Jane said in the book the book that Quentin has memorized mm. yeah uh, I can quote like, every Harry Potter line you yeah. can tell me but like sometimes I forgot a name like I, I remember when I was 13 my dad asked me the name for Dementors and uh, I couldn't find it. I love that you have this specific memory. <laughs> and I'm still mad at myself that I couldn't find and remember it. And like, but like, you know, you know it, but you you don't know it. And it's the most frustrating thing. Oh, just trying to remember the, the Madness Maker's curse. And he's like, it was fucking something, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, exactly. And like the fact that he imagine his book in his mm. trauma means how much Fillory's an anchor for him. And also I was thinking about, though, like the power of like being like of medication over us too and like how when you're you know in that kind of medication that they sometimes give folks who are you know either suffering from like severe depression or things that just like makes you a zombie and like yeah. not a human anymore and you're just like uh. yeah. like in that scene where, where in the the montage of him just like sitting in the same position in all of the places it just made me think about about that and how well like, drugging you know, him is an act of disempowerment yeah well exactly that's what I mean like the you because know, because like Alice, like you don't remember. I don't know. I'm foggy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and like I, I've been on the the antipsychotics. They probably would have had him on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think he's got like schizoaffective or something like that. Yeah. And those drugs will make you just like sit there mm-hmm. with that blank look in your eyes, yep. and people are like, "How are you?" And you're like, "I'm not." <laughs> and like I, I understand that like nothing. I understand that they are 
necessary to a certain point, but like, when do should we take medication? When should we not? When should we, like that's my problem with the magician. They are kind of anti-drug, but sometimes for mental health, it's important. I'm gonna disagree with you on that, though. I don't think they're anti-medication because at no point does Clinton get better off of his meds. He gets worse off of his meds. And that's I, true. I, I don't think there's so much anti-medication as Dean Fogg is like, look, I took Quentin off his medication so he would be better at magic. Should not be near you did. children or people. He should just be on an island. <laughs> Petition to put Dean Fogg on an island. <laughs> okay, survival, but just with Dean Fogg. Survival, but it's, I, I'm just imagining him at the feast by himself. I can't see any of this. Don't raise your hand. I'm blind. Jeff, Jeff probes is there, and it's him and Dean on this goddamn you, island. I vote myself off Do the island. You can't, damn it. You can't. You can't do that. Aww. It's you and Dumbledore and all the other bad authority figures from fans. Can Umbridge be there? Who's writing this fic? I'm real back in the discussion. <laughs> I was wondering the figure, like the, the fixation of Quentin on tape. Oh, I actually wrote something down about that. Yeah, I have a lot of, uh, of feeling about the tape situation. The first one is the powerlessness of not, not being, being able, able to have small things like yeah. tape. I wrote the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I just wrote down the word tape. With the assumption I'd know what that meant. <laughs> but also, I flash like tape is for fixing his book, it's for fixing things. And what is Q specialization? Minor mending. Mm. So it's small, yeah. It's, it's, it's small, it's small fixing. So the tape is his brain trying to tell him you can fix this. Oh, I love that. Scotch oh. tape. All you need is gosh tape. Power is tape. <laughs> but I, I really think that the, the, the tape... His discipline is tape. But I really think that he turned the, the tape situation into a, an, an act of power of like, I can, if I can repair the book, I can get out of here. And it, it uses specialization, which is minor mending. Oh, the only out. thing he can't fix is himself. Mm. That's not minor mending. That takes a team. <laughs> also, like when you, when you talk about the tape, when he when he gets the tape, I like that we got to see him use his um, sleight of hand yes. and his yeah. stage magic. Skills. And the same thing with the pills when he hides the pills. Yeah, honestly, that's one of, of what I love about Quentin. He can do like sleight of hand, but can also fumble his own shoes. The more Quentin gets into magic, the less he, he, he go with Muggle magic. That's yeah. sad. Don't but, we see? I feel like he always falls back on it. Yeah. Like uh, they, they did in season three when he needed the keys to bring yeah. Katie out. And then he, he used he, his slide of hand again. But then he dropped the key because he's Quentin. Yeah. I mean, he's still Quentin. Yeah. No amount of magic. We can't fix not that. Quentin. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like uh, what what Dean Fogg said in the end of this episode, uh, magic doesn't solve problems; it amplifies them. One of the moral uh, is that morals morals of the, morals. the of the points in this show <laughs> <laughs> is uh, it's stop playing, start living. Yeah. But That's literally not. a quote from Jane. As a neurodivergent <laughs> person, I always plan my next move and I always anticipate what's gonna come next. And sometimes it gives me more anxiety and I lose against myself. Mm. And then you're like, nothing's gonna happen. Like you, you can do nothing right now, but like live and like yeah. you're gonna wait through it. And I think that's part of it. It's like, it's okay to plan. It's okay like to be in your own end. But at the end of the day, go back to reality. Mm. I just like I don't know I in my head it yeah. was like stop playing start living and I was like but I do both look I'm playing right now I can't it's a metaphor I didn't think about it like a game <laughs> because I don't I I don't do metaphors or thinking I'm the cute one <laughs> <laughs> you can't be the cute one then what have I got going for me Uh, you're the magic. Jasper one. Yeah, you're the Jasper. <laughs> you're the magic Jasper one. 
There's a lot of blue. I love how they use the green, the blue in the, the show. I don't know if you noticed, but the more that the spell become defensive and like attack content, the bluer it gets. This mm. this message brought to you by Catherine Cinema Degree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but it, you get to use it. But, yeah, but it is because like usually it's gray and gray it's like nothingness. It's mm -hmm. like neutrality. But the moment it becomes blue, it becomes sad. It becomes yeah. depression. It becomes despair. And if you notice. All the color and brick bills is yeah exactly, and all the color and brick bills they're super warm. They're like orange and red. Even in like the safe house, it's very orange and red. But it's in Julia's apartment and in the institution. Anytime they're alone, yeah, it's blue. And also, I like how that's something I didn't notice until now is how saturated this the the image is when we're in Quentin Brain. Meanwhile. When we're in the reality, the color are more vivid, and I think yeah. that's another way to say like, "Hey, this is not reality." Even mm. Penny, when he arrives, and like real Penny, and when he arrives, he clash like his tone yeah. and his color clash. That's true. Yeah, he looks like he doesn't belong there because he doesn't because he's real. Yeah, because <laughs> he robbed. Also, can him. we? Can Jay and Chatwin please just talk like a human? No. Oh, I, I was just I'm, I'm with Quentin where he's like, no more riddles. Just yeah. fucking tell me what you're saying. Especially after the 39 timeline. Like, oh, just go to the point, Jane. You think she would just be shaking him and be like, okay. <laughs> Listen. You little shit ass. <laughs> Here is here is and see if this if this were me I would be like here is a list of all the things you need to do and to make all this the way shit you failed. happen. <laughs> yeah, don't do these if ones. You, you tried these already. <laughs> if you die one more time, I'm pretty sure Dean Fogg's gonna throw himself into the fountain. <laughs> I mean, no, no, because he's on the island. <laughs> there was an uh, another thing that I saw in this episode was like the powerlessness of like everyone trying to help Quentin. And the fact that they ended up need, needing to be like, okay, we can't fix this. We need to go get Dean Fogg. Why did they went so fast yeah. to him? That's surprising from Elliot. I mean... Okay, Dean Fogg is Elliot's dad, first of all. That's fair. That's like his father. <laughs> Papa Fogg. Anyway, I feel like Elliot recognizes his own inabilities more than any... I don't think Elliot thinks he's capable of doing it anything no. he's over his own power wrong but yeah i think elliot's so self-conscious he just assumes he's gonna fuck everything up from the start relatable anyway uh -huh. i like that so the minute there's like an actual serious problem that he can't you know drink away or laugh away or you know ignore until it goes away It's like, no, we need a grown-up. And unfortunately, they don't have a grown-up. They have Dean Fogg. Yeah. So they go to him. Who looks like a grown-up, so... But, like, again, I feel like that goes back to, like, when are we in a place where we're, like, okay, we need to, like, go to the... Whatever the authority is or whoever's in power over us, right? And, like, you know, when is it a, yeah. good, but even, when is it a good idea? Because, right, like, sometimes it's a good idea to go to Fog, and sometimes it's not a good like, idea. But even, like, Fog had half a solution. Yeah, even Fog had to go to the authority now. No, but even like, even mm -hmm. then, the mold trees, it was half the solution. Quentin had to power it back to himself, too. So the even Fog's solution was not complete to save mm -hmm. Quentin. At the end of the day, it was Quentin own mind that has to heal itself well, and also i think it, it like i don't know it reminds me of like when i'm teaching and you know it's like a kid will ask me something and i'm like i don't know like the ability of a, an authority figure to be like i don't have the answer and like the humility of being able to do that but i think that it takes yeah. something to be in a and like a person in, a, in some kind of authority, even the way Elliot also is like, I can't fix this. Like, we need to go to the next person. And then Fog's like, I can't fix this. We need to go to the next person. And then the next person is a weird bug. What else did I have here? I mean, I feel like this is kind of an obvious one, but at the very end of the episode, when uh, Marina revokes Julia's hedge witch status, and then it's like... Not a status. It's a status. 
okay. level. She's de-leveled. But, but also, yeah. I, I think it's the power of symbols. Because, mm -hmm. like, we joke about it. They have their own system, their own safe house system, because they are withhold knowledge. And the fact that she doesn't have that, that, that code saying, like, hey, you're one of us. When you see that, and when, when you see someone with that, you're like, oh, my God, I, I, you are like me. You saw the horror like me. And nobody else can understand my reality but you. And I think that's what Marina is removing from Julia. Like that connection. That connection of, like, hey, you're not crazy. And, yes, you got memory wiped and... We We got all fucked by brick bills, but now she doesn't have that link anymore. And yeah, and unlike Marina, she gets to keep her memories. She gets her memories. Marina's making her live with that. Yeah, she's so it's interesting because, right, like for Marina and even right for Juliet in the beginning, like the absence of memories was sort of like the prison or the punishment. And now having the memories is sort of like the punishment and the prison. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the power play is now you have to have the memories and you can't come back to this. Or, like, you have to have the memory of being shamed like this, you know? Yeah, I, I wrote here that um, Marina is asking Julia, are you ready to pay the price for power? And Julia proved that she wasn't. Because yeah, she went cause... to Quentin. Because she went to, to Dean Fogg and she asked for help. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Marina, when like, Marina's there... way is a good oh, one. But I, I think that's how... It... I think Marina's way isn't good, but it's what she considers to be safe. Mm. Because, and I think it's also, like, part of what's, like, the tattoos. Like, you have this tattoo, you're part of this particular group. Mm -hmm. Like, knowing that you're with her, and, like, she's so scared of people betraying her and people, you know, fucking her over, that the minute Julia turned on her and went to go save Quentin, she completely exiled her. It's a bit like a gang tattoo. It really is. It's like a whole hedge witch gang. Uh, later, they're going to say how Marina treat magic like a drug. And if you oh, look, yeah. when you look at that and like her marking, like using the, the tattoo system as a gang thing. Well, in a way, yeah, it sort of is very gang mentality. I never really thought about that, but it's like we're your family like you can't have really like you don't have anything else yeah and like you can't really sustain anything outside of it like your relationships or your other things and then it's like once you lose that it's like you have nothing now you know yeah to which point because you have nowhere else you can go to yeah. which point do you does allowing the hedge witch to become all your life become a cult the marina I feel like cult it's more uh, gangy when than you sell your daughter <laughs> too soon like, if you sell your daughter, you have a problem. I mean, I feel yeah. like that's just pretty true across Hannah. the board. Don't sell your children, please. Not to name any names, Hannah. <laughs> don't sell your kid. That's gonna be in the next episode. <laughs> but honestly, this uh, rewatching the show made made me love Katie more. Yeah, me too. Because I never understood her arc. Like, in my head, like, oh, they just wrote something for her because she was supposed to die in episode one. She was supposed to be eaten by the beast. And, oh, no, they like Katie. So, <laughs> so in my head, her arc was all like, okay, they needed to find something. Yeah. So they're going to give her, like, the mole story. But now I, I see how much she fights against it. And she tries to find her identity and her own her own place in the world but still having to like help her mom and you go katie yeah and she has time to make all those nice braids in her hair yeah <laughs> i think she's scared of seeing julia go down the same path that her mother went down mm. like i think she sees her mother and julia do you think that's why katie went to see julia i think so yeah i think she's knows that Julia can be better, but the addiction of of power and magic and wanting all of this is so strong, and she doesn't want to see Julia sell her daughter. And also, I mean, we know that uh, Katie's a junkie, so she knows the power of addiction. Mm -hmm. mm, that's true. And, like, she maybe she see a bit of herself in, like, the way Julia is falling down. Do you think Katie does, like, drug drugs so that she's not addicted to the magic? Ooh. That's a good question. I mean, she saw her mom basically 
being so addicted that she sell her daughter for it. So maybe she's scared of magic. Because the only I time we see that, ma- yeah. the only time we see Katie use magic is defense magic. It's battle magic. That's true. She uses magic to protect. Yeah, it's like a it's like a last resort. Exactly. It's never mm-hmm. to like it's, be whimsy. Yeah, it's not like oh you spilled it, your wine. Exactly. It's that's like, the sound of oh, magic. And even even in defense, Katie's first line of defense is punching. punching. Yeah. Ooh. Which, I like that. Pew, I, pew, I, pew. I do like the the fact that maybe Katie's afraid of magic. Yeah. Afraid of the power, and Katie again is one of those people who's never had power. Mm. So maybe she's also afraid of what will happen when she does. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think she's so scared of of losing break bills, and we know like what's gonna happen to her. But le- from right now, like she's 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 the one that said to Penny, "Stay, you're better here." Yeah. So yeah. she know that break bill uh, can like, bring you something. And also, like if she loses break bills, will she become like Marina? Mm. Uh, we don't want that I'm sad now <laughs> again I'm afraid of top bitch Katie I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I'm afraid of oh that's a good AU she'd fuck you up now in the, like, towards the end when Quentin's talking about Dean Fogg by the way he really does take the power back with Dean Fogg's talking about like you know magic doesn't solve problems it magnifies them And Quentin says, I don't need to be taught what magic is or isn't. I need to be taught magic so I can decide what it is or isn't for me. I, I like that what you're saying about that, that it's it's um, empowerment move of like, like, it's don't give me your like your speech about like what what is magic or whatever. Just teach me magic. That's your job. I don't want anything uh-huh. from you. I want to make the decision for myself. Yeah. what is for me yeah that's that's pretty big for quentin too and, and also like when quentin uh, when dean Fuld said like, i'm happy you're back it's not like you're uh, like i think it was more like a good job for not killing yourself and quentin good said job yeah i'm not dying exactly time. and quentin said ah i'm happy too surprisingly yeah and i think it's the yeah. first time like he fought for surviving and not mm. Because we know that Quentin has a suicidal tendency. I feel like there's a moment, and it's almost a scary moment when you've had depression for so long, where you get to a place where you're like, I don't, suddenly you're like, I don't want to die. It's kind of almost scary and empowering. There's something that um, I, I saw on a Facebook video that like really struck me, and now I tell that to myself. You don't want to die. We, you want it to stop hurting. Yeah. Because if it stopped hurting, you wouldn't want to die. And I was like, holy shit, it's true. And I think that's where Quentin realized that. Oh, like, I, I don't want to die. I want to live in a place of magic and still be depressed. But it's not me being a magician means something. Also, he's got friends. Yeah. And that can... Having friends and people you care about, people you like, can make you be like, oh, wait. And it's not friend die. by I default. Be with yeah. my and it's not friend by default of having like a childhood friend. Like your friend because you choose it. Yeah, it's not like we've been friends for 20 years, so we have to be friends. It's like I decided you're my friend and I love you. Yeah. And I don't want to die when I'm around you, is what Quentin is saying. We didn't talk about the madness maker. Oh, oh, that's I didn't even think about him. What do you see about power in him? Well, I mean, he was cursed. And he only played games that he could win, yeah. which cut him off from the surprise, horror, sadness, wonder of life. When you only win, do you actually have power? No. I think losing makes you enjoy so, power. It's a bit like the, what the doctor said, Doctor Who, like there's bad moments because there's good moments. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't see the good moments if there was no bad moments. Or, or like in, in Puffs, where they're like, fuck up, please, fuck up. Because if you fucked up, at least you did a thing. You tried to do a thing. Yeah. And then yes. you're going to fuck up even more. I like how fail turned into fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Well... <laughs> else 
have anything to say before we do the vase and the flower? No, we have a, a last segment with you. Should we tell Jasper okay. about this? No. Oh, I'm going to no. tell you about it. It's, no. it's, it's okay. It's fun. It's fun. So, um... Every every week we do our flower and vase segment, and every week I get to have the exciting job of explaining it. So back in the day, you know, the day like Shakespeare times, um, you would go to a performance, and if the performance was good, you would throw flowers, sort of like what we do today, like we'll give flowers after performance, whatever. And if you didn't like the performer, you would throw the vase at the performer. <laughs> this is this is history. Um, it's a French expression. So, so it's a French expression, like a flower in a vase. So like we we give a flower, we give the flower to you know each of us gets to choose a character that we think deserves the flower for like doing something good in that episode or whatever, and a character deserves the vase. I want to give my flower to Katie. I wanted to give my flower hey. to Katie uh, for uh, for honestly for sticking up to herself. Like she she did what she had to do by telling Marina, but the moment she could. She went and tried to fix it, and and like she didn't have to. She doesn't really care about Quentin at this point, but she know what she's doing is wrong, mm. and she's trying to pull Julia away from it. And I never noticed how brave this action was until I had mm. to analyze it today. So I want to give that flower to her, and I want to give the vase to Marina. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because honestly like i understand like for her it's mostly like the end justified the means but i mean she was willing to kill someone to get her magic back and have no remorse about it and honestly i'm yucky about that like i can forgive a lot of things for marina because she's broken but <laughs> <laughs> but like, or at least understand. But like, understand. Like the, the the way that she wanted to kill Quentin and not give a fuck about it. You need a vase in the face, girl. Yeah. Um. So I was gonna give my flower to Katie, but I don't want to be a copycat. So I'll pick someone else. You know what? I'm gonna give my flower to Dean Fogg, who for once does his goddamn job. <laughs> I think this might be the only instance in which this man does his job. I don't even think he drinks in this episode. Wow. He only offers Quentin brandy at the end, but I don't think he actually drinks. <laughs> Good job, Dean Fogg. You did your job once. Hero um, Dean doesn't let students die. <laughs> That's the title of, 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 you know, yeah, his memoir. And then, anyway, and so my, my vase, I, even though she kind of redeems herself, I'm still giving the, the vase to Julia because that's just like such a shitty shitty thing to do and it just i can't putting your like i like i said before i just can't even imagine doing that to like my worst enemy yeah um i would give my flower to penny i would give my flower to penny because the minute he realized quentin was in trouble and needed his help he didn't hesitate he went immediately mm -hmm. he went back into quentin's brain a second time he did his he did his best yeah but he he was willing to to go through all of this to help quentin and he stood up for quentin with julia so scary yeah you're right flower for penny for being a responsible human <laughs> And, um, you know what? I'm going to give the vase to Jane Chatwin for not just <laughs> shaking Quentin, not just grabbing him and telling him what he needed to do, giving him all of these stupid riddles, talking in, in purple prose and all this poetry. No, just tell him to get his shit together. So uh, we want to thank uh, thank you, Jasper, for joining us as our first uh, guest. In wow. Our... Uh, where can oh, thank we... you for letting me be on this. Of course. Uh, we wanted to have your input on Julia and Marina. We know you're an expert on them. <laughs> um, where... I have a lot of Marina and Julia feelings. Where can people follow you on Twitter or Tumblr or what are your handles? Um, on uh, Tumblr, I'm under Goddess Julia Wicker and on... Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm under Jasper Lior at E-O-R. If you want a lot of cosplay, go follow them. It's amazing. 
to a point where like I, I think the actress that does the that the marina was spooked out uh she was confused because it wasn't her bedroom <laughs> <laughs> This whole episode has been a dream. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally we're, gonna, we're all going to wake up and we're going to have to do this again. We didn't oh, actually do it. Has been Pilorian United. Thank you very much for joining us. If you want to join the Foo Fighters and become a patron of ours, you can go on patreon.com dash with an S, just like the lovely Elliot, and become one of our patrons. You can also follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Go in the show notes for the links. And once again, we want to thank Jasper for their presence on the show, as well as Spirits Podcast and Harry Potter in the Sacred Text Podcast for their help and their input on the show. You can always send us an email with your thoughts, hiking ideas at pillorianceunited at gmail.com. In two weeks, we will watch the episode 5 under the theme of distraction. Until then, try not to be imprisoned in your own head by a head witch. Or, you know, something like that. <laughs> Bye. Actually, what was I trying to say? Hold on, I had a thought and then it just went away. I believe in you. I, my ADHD does not. My ADHD believes in your ADHD. Oh God, our ADHDs are running off together and starting a coffee shop. Aww. I read that fit. Can we write that? <laughs>